My bad. All right, people. David and Erica's here for another Room 217 podcast. We got a nice one for y'all today. This is pretty much the inspiration of the name of this podcast, which we're going to get to when we get to it. So, when's the first time you remember seeing The Shining? Um, I think I actually saw the TV version with Steven Weber before I actually saw the original. Really? I think so. Yeah, I remember <clears throat> being pretty young in, like, in elementary school and watching the uh, Steven Weber version. And then a few years later, I was about maybe early teens when I saw the original Shining, I'd have to say. Okay, okay. It's funny. The first time I even heard of The Shining was from the movie Twister. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, when they're in the drive-thru. Because mm-hmm. I remember when I first saw Twister, I was like, what is that with Jack Nicholson? And I forget who told me, oh, that's The Shining. And I'm like, The Shining? What the hell is that? Right. And it came on, you know, this is back in a day where you and I got introduced to movies like on regular TV nightly yeah and it came on on a saturday on wgno if i'm not mistaken and that was the first time i watched it and i was like obsessed with that movie i I think i seen it on like a basic cable channel too the first time i saw it i want to say it was maybe like you said like tbs or something like that like i said i know it was a little later in life well not later in life but i was early teens i think when I saw it, I think I we might have just been starting high school. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I I remember watching it, and I didn't record it. Yeah, this is back when VHS was around. <laughs> I couldn't record it because I we didn't have a blank tape. And I remember a week later, I found something that would have possibly had room to um, fit in. I was mad, <clears throat> but. Like two years, I don't know, maybe like a year or two later, because I didn't have cable. We just had regular channels. My neighbor had cable, and I like begged them, like, can you record it? It's coming on TNT. And like, I was getting to the point where I was like asking his mom, like, is it going to record it? And she was getting aggravated. She's like, you know, like, your son needs to stop bothering me about this damn movie. (laughs) And, you know, I made sure I had that copy forever until i bought my dvd copy which recently we discovered is a shit copy because it's skipping yeah we tried to watch it the other night and i forget where it started skipping when he first, first starts drinking in the right, bar when he with first, Lloyd. that's where it did start yeah it started skipping right at that point and it was legit like right after he says the line are you out of your fucking mind is when it started skipping yep. i guess the dvd was out of its fucking mind <laughs> So, I mean, it's a DVD copy. This is one I would love to get, like, on Blu-ray or 4K, because it would look beautiful, like, oh, a Oh, definitely. Out. Especially, like, the <clears throat> snow scenes and all that. Oh, yeah. Definitely. No, um, I remember when the made-for-TV version had came out. I wanted to see it just because I knew it was Stephen King, and I was going through a Stephen King phase at the time. And I remember watching it with uh, my mom and dad. I remember I I didn't really know what the story of The Shining was. I had heard of it, but I had never seen it. I had never read the book at that point. And um, I ended up watching it with my mom and my dad. And I actually ended up really liking it. And then I forgot all about it until you reintroduced me to it. Hmm. Wow. Yep. I I remember exactly what I was watching. So I was watching Major League 
two on ABC, and it was a very small teaser. When I say small, I mean like ten seconds of Stephen King's The Shining. I remember going, "Wait, wait, what? Stephen King's The Shining?" You know, because back then we didn't have social media. Right. I mean, you saw previews on TV or right. before the movie came on a VHS. Well, sometimes when we used to get the TV guide in the um, yes, yes, in the newspaper, you could look at that <clears throat> and see ahead yes. time what was coming on. But they stopped delivering that after <laughs> Katrina hit. Yeah, yeah. But I I saw that teaser and I was like, wait a minute, like they're making it into a miniseries, and I remember like stalking that that date like i'm gonna find out when this is and i'm gonna watch it and when the day came i remember it was a three-part miniseries one week i recorded all three and i didn't watch that tape quite a lot as much as i wanted to because i was afraid of it pop because if it would have popped right that would have been it that was it yeah that's all i, I had. know we, i didn't think to record it at the time when i was uh, i first seen that one but like I said, I had seen it. Mm. I enjoyed it. I totally forgot about it. And mm. then me and you started dating, and then you were, you reintroduced me to it. Mm. And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about this. Yep. I I remember the last. I think it was the second episode. My dad got up because um, this is when he was an assistant manager working nights. And back then, when you turned the microwave on, it messed your TV screen up. Like it, you'd get static. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it wasn't everybody. I hate to tell you that. That was just y'all. Well. <laughs> okay, it was us, but he started warming something up, and I I got pissed because I was like, "Yo, I'm trying to watch this," because I was into this movie, <laughs> and I I remember I was in fifth grade when that came out. God, I'm old. Wow, about to be thirty five, and I was in fifth grade when this came out. Yep, but I actually enjoyed that version more than the original version, though, because it's so much truer to the book. Right. Because I actually had never read the book either until you had given me the book. Mm-hmm. Years ago, for me to read, and I read it right, right. before we well, we were dating. I think at the time, but we weren't living together or anything. Right. Well, we're gonna compare them in a minute. Um, the book I actually recently finished rereading because I read it years ago. Yeah. yeah. And I gotta say, it it's a good book. It's a really really good book. Like, um, and you're right. The um comparing. I will say comparing the two, the Steven Weber one from 97 does follow like very, very true to the book. There's only, really, there's only like one minor thing that's changed in the miniseries compared to the original that's from the book. But other than that, it's like to the T. I mean, you name it. But it's a good book. It's you know, it's it's your basic you know book, like five hundred pages, I think. But I recommend the read for yeah, sure. I've, I've only read it that <clears> one <throat> time, and I enjoyed it when I read it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Now, so comparing the two, I don't dislike or hate the nineteen eighty one. Like it's, I'm not gonna say it's one of the greatest horror movies ever because there's. There's weirdos out there that are like, oh, it's one of the greatest horror movies. I mean, yeah. No, I don't think it's the greatest, but I mean, it, it was a really good standard. Right. It was, it was a good movie. Like, it's really good, you know. It's done by one of the greatest directors of all time, Stanley Kubrick, who, you know, brilliant filmmaker, but demanding and 
Kind of a dick. Yeah. Like, Shelly Duvall is, like, completely... Yeah. And like, that, mentally disturbed from it. That was Stanley Kubert's biggest problem. He he would shoot, like, over 100 takes. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, like, the scene in the uh, lobby with uh-huh. her and Jack, I think that was over, like, 80-something takes. Good God. And and it's on the making of. You watch the making of. He's, like, bullying Shelly Duvall. Like, he's like, you know... We're going to, you know, be late shooting because of you. Like, he was just being an asshole to her, just for no reason. It's like, dude, like, I understand directors do some dickhead stuff to get a reaction, but you're, like, you know, emotionally, personally messing with her at this point. Right, he emotionally abused her. Right, and Scatman Crothers, the guy who played uh, Dick Halloran in the original, the next movie he did... He cried in the first scene he filmed because he didn't have to do a hundred takes. Oh, he was thanks. so like blessed to, and relieved. Yeah. Right. I don't know what movie it was, but he like cried tears and joy because he only had to do a couple takes. He was like, "Thank you." <clears throat> <laughs> now the original, there are some stuff that does follow the book, but for the most part, Stanley Kubrick changed. A lot of shit, which is why Stephen King has always just... Just not liked that he really has despised that version. He has. He has made it very clear of how much he hates that version. You know, like, okay, so Red Rum, they kept that. What the, So the two big things they changed, well, three big things, was the hedge animals. There's no hedge animals in this movie, but... The reason was because... I think it was too expensive. Not, not, not really expensive. I think if I recall, it's because um, the effects. There was like... They couldn't do the effects. They couldn't make it look good, basically. Right. Because back then, you know, it, w- it wasn't like now with effects. The second thing... This was actually the whole... So... All the interior you see of the hotel, that's a soundstage, but the outside is obviously filmed at a ski lodge, I think in Oregon, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember. I don't remember where. I'm not sure. You would know that better than I do. Yeah, I forgot. But, so in the book, it's room 217 is the room Danny is like interested in. It's the no-no room. Right. So in the original 1980 version, they changed the number because, one, the hotel didn't want people to be afraid of um, staying in room 217. Right. And, two, they chose 237 because there is no 237 at a hotel. But the joke was on them because... That's the most requested room at the hotel. Right, it's still room 217. Right, so they they screwed up with that. Um, and of course in the remake, the miniseries, they stuck with the actual room. And the story behind that was, that's the room Stephen King stayed at when he got the inspiration. Right. And apparently it was the most haunted... Um, Room, room in the hotel. 
Right, because didn't he, like, some of the inspiration mm. from The Shining come from the fact that he is an ex-alcoholic? Yes, well, yes. Technically, you're always an alcoholic once, but you're recovering. Yeah, well, at the time, he was still drinking. Right. So, they, this is when they were living in Colorado, because they lived there for a while, and they, uh, he stayed there, it was haunted, and while he was staying there, he just, like, I remember reading that he just visioned, like, the book, like, I know how this is gonna work, how it's gonna happen, and... He based a lot of it of his own demons, which is alcoholism. Right. And um, and it was pretty amazing that they actually filmed the miniseries at the hotel where yeah, he inspired. Yeah, the real hotel, right. Because I've always wanted to act Stephen Weber. Like, did anything weird well, happen? Well, we know something weird happened in I the know. scene with the nosebleed. Well, I know that. I was getting to that. Oh. Sorry, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting to that. But go ahead. You can tell them. Uh, in the scene in the remake that was made for TV with Stephen Weber, mm-hmm. there's a scene where I think he's in the boiler room. Is that where he's where nope, he at? Nope. He's in, the, uh, he's in Mr. Ullman's office where the CB radio is. And um, his nose starts to bleed in the scene. And it actually legitimately started to bleed while they were filming and they kept it. And yep. they couldn't find a reason for the nosebleed. Right, right. And he just kept acting. Yeah, he just went with it. He just let it roll. Mm-hmm. So, going back to the hedge animals. So, to replace that, he made a hedge maze. Which, oh, that's a good... That's a good, uh, you know... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not a race... Um, change? Yeah, I guess we'll go with change. That's a compromise? good... Compromise? Is that what you're... Like a compromise? No, no, no. But it's a good change. I, I like it. And, you know, it's creepy. I mean, a hedge maze at night getting chased by your father with an ads. That's creepy. Right. You and know? then Universal did it so well when we yes. missed the year that that was the haunt... One of the haunted houses. Mm-hmm. Our first horror nights. Yeah. Yeah. Our first haunt we walked through, actually. Was, yeah, I think we went through that one like two or three times because it was so good. Especially they had a scene where the elevator doors was like behind some plexiglass or something like that. Yes, and it and shot And when they blood. opened and it just blood rushed out of the elevator right. doors. Guys, I got to tell y'all. Badass. The, the horror nights, the, the detail they put in these houses, like, you felt like you were walking through Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Yeah, like, it, was it was really, really good. It was amazing, like... I would I would have stayed there like Oh, absolutely. It was it was awesome. And that's the thing uh, that I love about the original. The interior design is beautiful. Like I love it. You know, I just you can't complain really about the interior work. Um and it's funny, the shining the the doors with the elevator. He shot that like five times. Why do you need to shoot that five times? The uh, elevator door that opened uh, I mean, unless the blood wasn't flowing like he needed it. I think it that's what shot. it was. The blood, it, it, like either it didn't look like blood or it was, it was not flowing like he wanted. I don't know. Like I said, the man was brilliant, but he was a little nutty too <laughs> at the same time. And one of the biggest thing, the third most important thing, Croquet is not even mentioned in the original. It's it's nowhere. No, it's not. I know. It's and when I first watched the miniseries, at the time I didn't read the book. I didn't understand why he didn't have an ats. Why is croquet involved? 
Like, there was a lot of stuff. Why the room changed. Then when I read the book, I'm like, oh, like, croquet is the game that they play in front of the hotel. Right. Which, by the way, croquet is a fun game to play, in case anybody's wondering. It's actually a really, really fun game. <laughs> I've never played, so I don't have an opinion. Well, if you play with my dad, so I... It's hard to explain the game, but there there's a rule in the game where if you hit your ball on some if you hit somebody else's ball, you can take their ball, put it against yours and knock their ball like to to the hell where else. And my dad That sounds like your dad. I know where this is going. Yeah, so he never played to win. He played to just piss you off and knock your ball halfway, you know, a yard whatever mile long kind of like when we were on the cruise playing shuffleboard he was doing shit just to be an ass right exactly and like the there's one thing that annoys the hell out of me about the original there's a scene it's after jack goes into 237 and he comes back and was like i saw nothing maybe danny did it to himself well when he curses Wendy and storms out the room clear as day Jack Nicholson looks right at the fucking camera he looks right at the camera and I'm thinking to myself you got a director who does like over 100 takes and that's the take you went with right you couldn't pick a take where did he look at the camera every time like you couldn't pick a take where it kind of makes you wonder if it was done deliberately for some reason who knows? Or, or who knows? Maybe that was the last take. Jack Nicholson might have get pissed off, and he was just like looking at the camera, like "You're gonna make this, this the last gonna, take." Yeah, this is the last take we're doing, and I mean it. Yeah, and, and that's one of the great things too about <clears throat> comparing those two is the difference in the character's mental state. Absolutely, because in the original, Jack Nicholson is pretty much nutty from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like he's already kind of like out there. As to where in <clears throat> the reboot and in the book, you kind of get to watch him slowly yeah. descend into the madness. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up. You're absolutely right. And, I mean, let's face it, Jack Nicholson was already nutty to begin with. <laughs> I mean, Stephen Weber, so when by the time I saw The Shining, I mean, he, he had done serious stuff, but I'd never seen any of it. Right. I was used to him as Brian Hackett on Wayne's, right. a goofy man whore guy <laughs> man let me let's face it he was he that's was a, what he was on the show right. i know wings is hilarious so. so when i saw the shining it's like you're literally watching a funny guy that you grew up watching on tv turn to a serious insane role and he was just so yeah, good he was at really it really good at it yeah well like i told you when i was watching 13 reasons why he was the principal in it and he would like there were scenes where he's kind of a dick in that, and I was like, huh. Yeah, I know it's crazy, and I don't know. And you mentioned this once, and you're absolutely right. Like, there's a lot of dialogue in the remake. Oh, there is. Yeah, there's one scene. I think it's like almost ten minutes of dialogue. Yeah. And it's literally just ten. I think it's the scene when his nose bleeds, actually, where uh, he um had like ten minutes. Of not he because it was like he was uh, having a moment where he was talking to himself. 
he was talking to his dad on a CB radio. Right. That's what but he was probably. In reality, I think he was talking to himself. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure his dad wasn't really on that CB radio. Right, right. But it's like a whole 10 minute scene where it's literally just him talking and nothing else going on. Yeah. That's a lot of member, memory and Memorization, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there's the scene where him and Wendy, when Wendy's trying to get in his pants. And he's just, like, worried about the the chocolate milk that's not on a coaster on a table. That scene is actually 10 minutes long. And at the time, that was the longest running scene without a commercial break on TV. Oh, really? Yes, that was a record. Uh, I think ABC had to pay, like, a little, not a fine, but, like, a fee for that. But that's a record. That was a record at the time. Huh. Didn't know that. Yeah. I know. It's crazy. But, I mean, you see him change drastically, you know, physically, emotionally, just like the book. Right. That's what I'm saying. I think that might be why I prefer that version over the original. Mm -hmm. It's because I feel like you have more time to actually get emotionally invested in that character. Right, because you even reading the book, you feel bad for this guy. Like, right, he's he's developing these habits he had when he was a drinker. Uh, like he's chewing on aspirin, getting headaches. He's taking a rag out and wiping his mouth constantly. He's just he's trying. I mean, he didn't he didn't mean to break Danny's arm. He was just trying to pull him up to spank him on the ass. But instead, mm-hmm. he broke like three bones yeah he grabbed them harder than what he intended to right but um no like when you, i watched the original shot and i was like this guy's kind of a dick but then when i see you know well and then but then when you go back and you watch the remake of it and you get to watch that cali- uh, characters develop and everything mm. it's kind of like oh like you said i do kind of feel bad for this character mm-hmm. You know, he was trying to get sober and everything, and just the insanity of the hotel just took over him. Right. Yeah, I feel like there's no, there's not a lot of character development in the original. No, like, there isn't. You like, know, what you get is what you get in right. the original. And that's another thing they changed. So in the original, they make you think Mr. Ullman's this very, very nice hotel owner. Well, in the book and in the miniseries, Mr. Ullman's a fucking dick. Like, yeah, he he can he can you know run a hotel, but he is a dick. I mean, he covers he covers up so much because that hotel is just full of you know death and you um I can't mystery and uh, mayhem. Yeah, it's not the word I was thinking of, but sorry guys, sometimes I corruption. Yes, sorry guys, sometimes I just. You blink on the words. Yeah. But he covers it all up. And I rereading the book, Jack in the book actually wants to write a book about the hotel. Oh, so that's what he's writing. Because in both movies, they never really tell you what he's no, writing. No, well, no. In the movie and the miniseries, he's writing a play. He oh, is play. writing he's, a play. I never caught that. In the book, he's still writing a play. But when he's digging through the warehouse in the basement for all those papers... He gets inspired to want to write like a biography, and he calls Olman, pretty much being a dick back at him. And Olman's like, "No, you're not gonna, you know, exploit my hotel like that." Watch me, bitch. Right. So, and I think in the book, if I recall, he's like, you know, I'm gonna do it anyway. Like, fuck you guys. Watch me, bitch. Exactly. So you know they changed that, obviously. Um, <clears throat> the. 
You see the boiler room like briefly in the original, very briefly, but it's big in the miniseries because that's one of his duties is to, to turn it. Turn it, yeah, because I think something's <clears throat> wrong with it. It's old as shit. Yeah. And if you don't turn it, it's going to blow. Right. There's all kinds of stuff he's got to do. He's got to mow the lawn. He's got to fix the roof. He's got to clip the hedge animals. He even has to uh, turn the heater on and off in certain sections of the overlook. Like, they get, it's like, this man's just watching over the hotel, but yet, here's these chores you have to do. Well, because he was really hired for maintenance. That's all, like, maintenance mm. stuff. Yeah, while well, it's closed, and Cywander, I think, is the name. I don't remember that. I think it's Cywander, or Simwander, or Colorado, something like that. That I can't remember. It, it's something like that. And another FYI, so, in the book, Wendy's a blonde hair. Shelly yeah, Duvall is a black looks hair. nothing like what she's supposed <clears throat> to look like at all. And Rebecca de Mornay is a blonde. And it was funny seeing her play a good person because she usually plays a bitch. <laughs> so, oh, something else I caught. So, okay. You remember the scene where she's, she, um, it's, it's like the end of the second episode, beginning of the third episode. Where she breaks the glass to get out of the office because it locks her in. Vaguely, yes. It's been a little bit since we watched yeah. it. But well, if so. you take notice, she's wearing like a red and black checkered shirt. Yeah, I do know what shirt you're talking about. I do remember. You're talking about Rebecca DeMorne. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I do know exactly what shirt you're talking about. Yes. In the book, that is what Jack's wearing when oh. he goes crazy. No kidding. Yeah. What was it, too, that <clears throat> we were watching recently where we caught it was the same shirt that Stephen Weber wore? Oh, I forget what it was because you had brought it to my attention and you were like, hey, does that shirt look familiar to you? And I did pick up on it right away. It Hocus like Pocus. Hocus Pocus. I think it's the dad. He's wearing the same exact shirt. It's the son, I think. Is it the son? I think it's the son because... Is it Max from Hocus Pocus? I think it's it? Max because Mick Garris wrote the script for Hocus Pocus and he directed the Shining. Okay, the shine, the remake. The, of the remake, Shining. yes, because he directed a few Stephen and it King. It might have just been a piece of costume they had left. Maybe it was like, here we'll throw you in this. Yeah, Stephen King wrote the remake. He was there was no way he was letting let, anybody let touch anybody that. Anybody touch it again? And he's got a cameo. He's uh, Creed, the uh, composer inside the uh, the ballroom. Yeah, I know that. Mm-hmm. I knew that. <clears throat> but uh, I remember, just remember not too long ago when we were watching Hocus Pocus, you pointed that out to me, and I, as soon as I saw the show, I was like, oh, it looks like. The shirt you got, he wore in The Shining. You're like, that's because that is the shirt. Yeah. The Shining. I was like, oh, no shit. Yeah, it's weird wardrobe changes. Like in the original, Jack Nicholson's wearing a, like a, um, some kind of, you know, striped shirt with a red jacket. Stephen Weber just wears this sloppy looking sweatshirt. But in the book, it's actually a red and black checkered shirt. So. I don't know. I don't know why they changed that. I mean, it's it ain't that big big of a deal, but but I think the guy his name's Paul. Um, Paul, if you're listening, I I don't know if you are, but here's a shout out to you. Uh, there's a guy named Paul who I'm friends with on Facebook who goes to Texas Frightmare every year, and he always dresses like Jack. Oh yeah, Torrance. yeah, I know which guy you're talking about. And it's crazy. He looks just like him. It's it's he crazy. Does. Well, he does the. So, Friday nights he does, I want to say that's the book version, because I think he's wearing a checkered shirt. Okay. 
and he's holding a croquet mallet where Saturday nights he does Jack Nicholson with an axe and he looks amazing like dude like props like props to you big Tom so yeah croquet acts completely different weapons and I will I will say this in a miniseries like he fucks Wendy up with that mallet but in the book holy shit like it's amazing that she's alive in the book like she has like three broken ribs the leg like I think he even like hits her in the ear and like rips her ear off with it really I don't remember that like in the book, I've only right, but I've I've read the book. I only read the book once, so and that was mm. like I said years ago, like right after yeah. you and I started dating. You had a copy, and you were like, "Here, if you want to read the Shining, yeah. take it." Yeah, and you remember, so in the in a miniseries, I'm sure you remember when she throws the ball right at his oh, face. Oh yeah, she hits him in the face. I think she knocks a couple right. teeth out. In the book, she actually stabs him in the back with the butcher knife. Oh. yeah, but it's crazy because. It's the scene where he's looking for Danny. It's towards the very end. He he starts, you know, realizing, like, this isn't me. This isn't me. So he takes the croquet mallet and literally bashes his own face with the mallet. Oh, wow. And he's unrecognizable in the book. I kind of remember that. I do vaguely recall that. So he just, he goes nuts in the book. Like, wow. That would have been cool for the miniseries, but... I mean, the miniseries got away with what they could with gore, so... Yeah. You gotta think it was played on a basic TV channel. Right. So you're only gonna get away with so much. But, like, you know, I mean... But they did get away with a lot more than what you would have expected at that time. Absolutely. Yes. And it is my sole mission to stay in a room 237 or a room 217... Somewhere. Somewhere. So... For those who have never seen The Shining, now you understand the name of our podcast and where it comes from. Room 217. I thought it was clever. It's catchy. Boom. <laughs> that That's the inspiration of that. I don't even... I probably should have said that in the introduction. I don't even think we said that. No, I don't, I don't know. think we did. I mean, because most horror fans... Most people who are going to be listening to this podcast have seen The Shining Absolutely. and most of them know that that's exactly what that's a reference Right, to. right. And that's another thing. The Wasp, that was in the book that the miniseries did. Oh, yeah, did. the uh, Wasp Nest that he gives mm-hmm. to Danny and it actually still had Wasp in it. Yep, that was... He thought he killed them all, but he didn't. Right. Well, I think he did kill them all. I think he did, too. The hotel... Right, resurrected them Because yeah. even in a book, you know, they're like, you know, the odds of one bomb being this fact is... De- being defective. Yeah, is yeah. one in a million. Right. So, but, uh... So, if I have to choose between the two, I'm definitely going with the miniseries. Yep. And it, it's annoying. There's so many people that hate the miniseries. There is. A lot of people bash that hmm. miniseries so bad, and I don't understand it. I don't either. It, it's great. It's a great film. I mean, it's creepy as hell. The acting is so good. And, I mean, if you're a fan of the book, that is the closest to the book you're going to get. Like, right. to the T. You know? But that's what I'm choosing, you know? Absolutely. I would choose the miniseries any day. Right. And I actually... I mean, I don't dislike the original at all. I oh, not at all. It. I love the original. But the miniseries is 
better by far. In Absolutely. My Absolutely. And I even have red rum tattooed on me. That's that's my shining, you know, trademark, whatever, inspiration of a tattoo. So I love it. But, you know, that's, you know, the shine. And uh, is there anything you want to add with the shining that we might not have talked about? <clears throat> uh, no, not really. Like, we co- I think we covered everything as far as the shining. Yeah. But now we got a surprise for y'all. We can't do the shining without Dr. talking about Dr. Sleep. I was excited about this. I had read he was doing a sequel to the book. I was stoked because The Shining has always been my favorite book of Stephen King. Nah, mine's is Gerald's game. That's a close tie to it or second. But I loved The Shining. I always had, I don't know, something about it. So when they announced that, I was like, dude, like, <clears throat> and the idea for that came about when he was doing, like, autograph signings, people would ask him, what happened, what happened to, Dan? to Danny? Yeah. And he got to thinking, like, yeah, what, what did, did happen? What happen to this kid? Yeah. And pretty much, he turned into his dad. He was an alcoholic. His mom died of cancer, I believe. I don't think they... Unless they said it in the book, because I didn't read the Dr. Sleep book. But in the movie, I don't think they ever tell you what she died of. They just tell you that she died because he talks about how um the dead flies, the dead flies. He whenever someone was gonna die, Danny would see flies, flies around her face, and she was covered in them for like a week before she passed. Yep, and I read the damn book like late last year, and I forgot already. No, I, yeah. that's I never did get around to reading oh, that particular book. Another thing I want to add that just came to my mind: Dick does not die in a book. He died in the original. He doesn't die in the miniseries. Don't know why Stanley That's Kubrick... right, he doesn't die in the miniseries because he's at his graduation at the end. Yep, and that was added, that there is no graduation right. in the book. But I don't know why Stanley Kubrick decided to kill Dick, the, you know, the hero, but he did. So, but, alright, so going back to Doctor Sleep. <laughs> so... You got me this as a Valentine's Day present, if I recall. I know I got it for you for a gift. I just can't remember what it was. Yep. So I tried reading it, and I couldn't get into it. The problem I have with Stephen King books, a lot of them are hit and miss. Yes, because sometimes he just goes on and on and on about things that have nothing to do with what's actually going on in the book. Right. And that affects me as a self-published author myself, because I'm always afraid, like... Maybe I'm not giving enough information. Then I'm like, maybe I'm doing him, you know? Maybe I'm giving too much information. <clears throat> right. That's one of the biggest problems with the It book being so long like it is. And a lot of it's like, you could have explained, <clears throat> you didn't need to go into all this detail. He talks about a chair, like three pages. Like, you don't need to talk about this damn chair in three pages. Like a paragraph at that. It just rambles on and on. All I need to know is that <clears throat> the, unless it's playing a role in this scene, I just need mm-hmm. to know that there's a chair in the room. Right. And if that chair don't have shit to do with this scene, I don't want to know that there's a chair. <laughs> Why do I need to know there's a chair if it doesn't if it doesn't add anything to what I'm to the scene? Why do I need to know that there's a chair in this room? I agree. I agree totally. Well, I tried reading it and I put it on the side. Then talks of the movie was coming out, and I remember one actor who was trying, who had a big interest in it, was John Cusack. 
Really? I didn't know that. He expressed you know a, a lot of, of interest in playing Danny. But when they announced Ewan McGregor, it's like, whoa, yes. yeah, that's great. I am great. a huge, you know how I feel mm-hmm. about Ewan McGregor. I am a huge, huge Ewan yes. McGregor fan. Now, this is what I was upset about. The director. I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm not a Mike Flanagan fan. I, apparently, I am. Apparently, you are. Because I like uh, Haunting a Hill House. I like Haunting of Bly Manor. Mm-hmm. I like uh, I liked Gerald's game. See, there's a lot of stuff he does I just don't like. He he did the second Ouija movie, which wasn't bad. But now Gerald's game was good. I'll give him that. The book is better. I had read <clears throat> that book long before they ever made it a Netflix movie. Just a side note. Mm-hmm. And she gave me that book to read when I had to go on a uh, business trip. Yep. The only business trip I ever had to go on. And... <laughs> Let's just say I was so into that book. I read it. I read it in like two days. I've never read a book that fast in my life. I was like, "Whoa! Like this is good." Yep. But um, so Mike Flanagan did Doctor Sleep. Stephen King like tried to push him to do either like his own like take or let it take place after the Stephen Weber version. But the reason. And he gave him this reason, you know, was like, hey, we got to do the Stanley Kubrick because that's the one everybody knows. And, man, I got to give him credit. Like, he wrote the screenplay and making it look like, you know, to the original, like, it was badass. It was, I love Dr. Sleep so much. And I I was disappointed that it didn't do as well in the box office as they had hoped. I mean, it didn't do bad. It didn't completely flop. Right. But it didn't do as good as they were hoping either. I'm pretty sure they made their money back. Mm-hmm. They did. They did. But it wasn't like a big hit like they wanted it to be. Like it wasn't it chapter one and two. Right. Exactly. And I went. I went into that theater with very low expectations, and I fell in love with it. Like yeah. I was like, holy shit! So like, I, and you got to think, I didn't even really know anything about mm-hmm. what was going to happen because I I just knew it was about Danny. That's all I knew. I didn't have any other clues as to what that was going to be about. And I was like all hardcore into mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. It and was. we watched that like at least 10 times, I think. Yes. We watched that. I highly recommend the director's cut. It's, it is longer. About three hours long, yeah. But they add some, some stuff they add. It kind of makes sense. Now, there's some stuff added that's like, eh, could do without, but it. I don't know. I, I like it better. It's the one few director's cuts that I do like better. Right. And the little girl, Abra, the little girl who plays Abra is just, mm-hmm. she's such a good actress for being <clears throat> as young as she is. Yeah, She was so spot on and she was so good. I agree. I agree. And like the people they got to play the original characters, like, I mean, Rose they the didn't. Hat and all, yeah. No, no, not Rose the Hat. I'm talking about like, uh, like oh, okay. Danny and Wendy, Dick. I get, okay, I got Even you. Jack, like, them, they didn't do digital. They just did a lot of makeup. But it's like, dude, well, like the actress who played Wendy just naturally, I find, kind of looks like that. Kinda, but it's weird seeing um Henry, Henry Thomas. Thomas. He kind of looks like Jack Nicholson. Yeah, it was because uh, when I first seen it, I thought maybe they were gonna CGI Henry Thomas to look like him. Mm-hmm. But it, I don't think they did CGI him. I think it was all makeup effects. That's all it was. Yeah. Yeah, and he's done a lot of Mike Flanagan right. stuff. Yeah, That's Mike like his Flanagan go-to. uses a lot of the same actors and actresses in his film. Like, um, 
at the very beginning of Dr. Sleep, the little girl, Violet, was in Haunting the Hill House. Yeah. And then um, the girl who played uh, Wendy the in Dr. Sleep is actually in Haunting of Bly Manor. So right. he does kind of tend to recycle and reuse the same actors. Yeah, there's a lot of directors yeah. that do that. I mean, that's that's normal. Yeah, I mean, in once you find the ones that you work well with, you might as well stick with them. Right. Absolutely. And I mean, they they, they work well. I mean, right. I'm not going to deny it. But, dude, like, it was an awesome movie. Like, and what amazed me too about that movie? So they got blueprints from Stanley Kubrick's estate to where they can reenact the interior scenes at the end right and it was like stepping back into 1980 it was like it looked just like the damn hotel Hotel. like i was blown away by that that's a haunted house that universal like needs to make a doctor sleep one yes i'd be cool with that but then again it would be so similar to the shining one I don't care. I, 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 I'll take some more Shinings. I'm okay with that. But it's a, it's a really, really good movie. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen that one, I the, highly recommend it. Um, you just... Mm-hmm. And even the actors had a little bit of an issue with this. There is a scene where something <laughs> really traumatic happens to a child in the movie. It's not like a... Um, it's not a sexual assault or anything, but something really traumatic happens... And, like, a lot of the actors were not okay with that scene. They all were very uncomfortable filming the scene. But the kid who did it, uh, Jacob Tremblay, or I think his name is, he's a real cute little kid. He's real popular right now. Really good little actor. Yeah, he's a really good actor. But um, he was, like, all about it. He was like, no, 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 do it harder. Do this, do that. Mm-hmm. He was all for it, and, like, none of them felt comfortable filming the scene at all. And Russell, actually, our friend Russell, he's also a writer. He... He went and saw the movie in theaters, and he even said that scene, like, kind of like the Well, Russell's also got a child. He does. Too. So that, I feel like that he, was a I tough feel like scene parents react a little differently to that scene than what people who aren't mm-hmm. parents do. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to say anything about no, the I scene. because I don't want to spoil it for anybody right. who hasn't seen it, because everybody, that's one everybody may not have seen. Right, exactly. But we recommend it. Like, watch it. The acting is so good. Yes. Rose the Hat. That is a beautiful woman, I have to say, and she plays a awesome villain. Yeah, she's real, and I think it was really cool to get to see a female be the like main villain. I know it's always cool really to see cool. a female play a villain. It's not often that it happens, right? And they they have some good villains that are females out there, really are. And she's pretty much described like the book, like the hat. Yeah, she wears like a magician's hat. Mm-hmm. And she's got like all the little trinkets in her hair and yep. stuff like that. Yep. And so after I saw the movie, I was like, you know what? I need to go back and try the book again because I want to compare it. I love comparing a book to a movie. So I gave it a second chance. And what do you know? The second chance actually worked. It was, I guess, tolerable, I guess is the word. But I got through it, and there's a lot that's different in the movie that's, you know, compared to the book, but for the most part, it, it sticks to, you know, the story. Because I think one thing you mentioned to me is um, the guy that he becomes friends with that helps him get sober, he also has The Shining a little bit, doesn't he, in the book, yes. but he doesn't in the movie. Yes, in the book, he does have The Shining 
uh, he shines. Well, a actually, no, he does. <clears throat> kind of, they kind of do hint to you that he does because when I, he meets yeah, him, like I have a feeling. He, I just yeah, know he just know he mentions to him that I get mm-hmm. feelings and I just mm-hmm. know some things. Yeah. So yeah, technically they do hint around to it. But one thing that they don't hint around to you is, okay, so in the movie, the little girl Abra nicknames <clears throat> Danny Uncle Dan. Right, right, yes. And this is a bit, and I don't understand why this wasn't included in the movie because this was like a big, this is a big thing. It's a twist. It's a twist. He really is her uncle. Her mom is actually his half-sister. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why they didn't touch bases on that. And I know that the little girl who plays um, Abra, she is a black girl. But she technically she's bi in the movie she's biracial. Her mom's white and her dad's black. Mm-hmm. So she, they could have still included the fact that they were brother and sister easily. Right. Exactly. Yeah, they changed that. But they that. never te- they never tell you that he really is her uncle. Right. Right. She just calls him Uncle Dan so that when people see <clears> them together, they don't think it's suspicious that right. this grown man is hanging out with this maybe thirteen year old kid. Right, exactly. That would have been a good twist for the movie. Like, yeah. So, well, I, what I would like to know is who is her? Who's her mom? Right. And does her mom does her mom shine a little bit too, or something? I mean, I'm, does Abra's mom maybe shine a little bit too? I don't know. I don't remember much of the book. I was trying to get through it. and I got through it. So. Because you know. we know that's obviously... Because, like I said, I feel like that's a big deal because that explains to you why Abra shines. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that tells you it's got to be something to do with Jack's family line. And, it may, like I said, it makes me wonder if Abra's mom had a little shine to her as well. Right, right. That's true. Well, I mean, there's more than one shiner out there. There's a lot of shines. Clearly, for the you know the um, the true not to survive that long, right. that's that's the group that are trying to take the shines. Pretty much, they kill. The story is Rose the Hat and her group, who they call the True Knot, go around finding people that shine, kill them, and then they and suck their it. Shine, they so suck they their shine longer. in like a like an inhaling drug, pretty much, and they live long, long time. Yeah, I think. Um the guy, uh, actor who played Lurch in the Adams Family movies, he's in it. And at some point in the movie, they mentioned like he watched the fall of Rome and stuff. So that tells you he's literally he's ancient. ancient. Yeah, literally. yeah. We are the true not. What could be done on? Uh, I don't even remember the chant, but that's all I remember is we are the true not. So they're some bad motherfuckers though. And in the book, they're rich. Like they own like. A bunch of like properties, properties. And like that, yeah. And one of the properties they own in the book is what used to be the Overlook Hotel is now a campsite. Oh, I didn't. You never told yeah. me. I did not know that. Yeah, what the Overlook was in the in the book is a campground. That's where they had the final battle. Where you know, well, I'm, they do have a battle on a campground in the movie. They do, but this is something else in the book. Yeah, I'm not going to go on about the end. We don't want to spoil, but right. the ending is. Nothing like the book. It's it. The ending's almost like the ending of the Sean, and really, yeah. Mike Flanagan pretty much gave Stephen King his true, yeah. yeah. So, you know, they had to change that, but it's a good ending. Like it's one of those rare changes that's works. You know, it blends well. Right. But we recommend that it look out of all 
three of the movies, Dr. Sleep is my personal favorite. Oh, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I would wa- I like it in reverse order, <clears throat> actually. I like Dr. Sleep the most. Then I like the Steven uh, Weber version and of then the, Shining, the Jack and Nicholson. then the Jack Nicholson one. Even I though I don't, like I said, I'm not bashing the original at all. I love the original Shining. Mm-hmm. Just when you compare it to all three of the films that go into that little group, it's it's not nearly as good as those other two movies. I agree. I agree 100%. Especially Dr. Sleep. Like, Dr. Mm-hmm. Sleep just blew me out the water. I... I, I I, when we first bought it, when it came out, I would put that was like my go to sleep movie. I would literally go lay in bed and I'd put my headphones on and turn it on on the iPad and just fall asleep listening to it. Yeah, I recall that quite a lot. Yeah. I'd come home from work and she's watching that. It's like, well, I guess that's what we watch. God, you you definitely get your money's worth out of that one. I agree. I agree. But great movie. You know, it's it's a great it's. I'm not a franchise, but they're just a great like series, I guess you could say. I mean, no, I would call that a franchise. I, I think you can consider that a franchise. Well, whatever you want to call it. I mean, I recommend it if you ain't seen it. Like, check it out. They're they're classics. The Not to Sleep will be a classic, a cult classic in due time. I'm pretty sure of it. But definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, is there anything you want to add about Not to Sleep? Uh. No, said that like I said, it's a really, really good movie. Um, like I said, I can't really compare it to the book because I didn't read the book. That's one of those books I never got around to reading. But the movie is really, really great. I absolutely well, love it. Well, you might want to add that to your list. Yeah, now I got so many movies I gotta oh, so many books I have to read. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's one you definitely have to read and you'll be able to compare it as well. Well, guys, I mean we're getting crunch time i'm just actually looking at the app right now and just realizing it says the maximum recording time for segments is 60 minutes keep an eye on the clocks and we're at 49 minutes so, <laughs> so we got like 10 minutes so that 10. tells me that i can only talk to you guys well we can only talk to you guys for an hour a session we're gonna have to do a lot of break a lot of parts up on some of these things yeah some of them are gonna have to be broken yep. into parts but uh if there's something that we missed that we didn't cover, you know, leave us comments, you know, leave us feedback. We love feedback. Uh, it's been positive so far. You know, we got a good bit of listeners. Um, obviously, we want more. I mean, we just want to talk about horror. But, you know, <laughs> drop us a line, guys. I mean, we love it. So We do. So, that's all for this session. I'm David. I'm Erica. Good night. All right, guys. We're checking out. Good night.